So you may have heard recently about reports regarding a man called Todd Bentley, a very prominent figure in the charismatic movement. And he's been involved reportedly in a few scandals in regard to sexual perversion. Things that we don't even really want to talk about on a specific case by case basis here. And really, we actually want to just talk about why we are actually even going to be bringing this up again. Why is this something that we need to be talking about in the first place? Why is it even a situation? Because <clears throat> there is a massive problem in not just even the charismatic movement, but all over the world in Christianity, amongst those who say they follow Jesus Christ, Yeshua, the Messiah with regards to holiness, with regards to accountability and leadership. Because see, Todd Bentley, the story about Todd goes back like to 2008, years ago, where he and this is not just reports now, this is not just we're not going to be this is not gossip. This is reality of things that actually went down where Todd went and he had a nanny in his house. And he started committing adultery with this nanny and he's left his wife for any for his mistress. And he became right married to her. And he was taken out of the ministry from 2008, I believe in 2010, about two years later, he was restored back 100% to ministry the way he was. And he continued the, the, the walk and everything like that. Now, when we look at just for example, the Torah, when we look at the Old Testament and at just how what God told us about what he thinks regarding certain sins and how when we look at actually the punishments that he God himself instigated regarding specific sins, we actually can get a view of how God views these specific sins. Because brothers and sisters, we live in a culture that is so far removed from God's perspective of sin that we don't have put the same weight on it anymore. And even though, yes, in Christian circles, we'll say, yes, adultery. Oh, it's so wrong. And oh, yes, you know, this and that sin, it's so wrong. But the question, do we put the same weight on it that God does? Because I want to remind you that in Deuteronomy and in, in throughout his scriptures, he he is actually putting down laws. And he says, for example, to Israel, that if a man commits adultery with a woman, with someone else, right, you take stones and you stone them to death. And it's today, of course, we don't we don't implement that because we don't live in a theocracy anymore. But it still does give us a valuable insight into how deadly, how crazy God's perspective is on the sin. Crazy to us, but natural to him. And it's supposed to be natural. It's supposed to be. Well, you, there's adultery and adultery. The, the punishment that God instigated for that sin, it is death and not even no non-negotiable. There is a judgment and they're found out and they will die for their sin. That is how it was seen. Now, here's the point that I'm getting to. It's not that we are to stone Todd, but the but the thing is, is how can we in light of how God sees that sin? Re-implement, re-implement him into his ministry. No questions asked. Oh, two years later. Oh, yes. Yeah. Todd, go back all the way. Everything. You, you restore everything to you. Everything as if nothing ever happened. Brothers and sisters, we are not saying that we don't forgive people. We are asking the question, is it okay to ever implement someone back into a leadership role over a ministry over millions of people? 
as a role model if they are someone who commits adultery. But because we have implemented him back, because it has been allowed for him to just continue on and it's, it's just as if nothing really happened. Now we're sitting years later and we're, there's all these reports, various reports from Pakistan to all over the world, different places, people reporting things that he's done, sexual perversion that he's done with people he's been mentoring. OK, and things like this is able to occur again and to continue in a leader because this leader was never taken out of his role by force by the people. And so now we're sitting at the same spot we were. And this is not just about Todd, because this has happened various times and it will continue to happen. And let me tell you what it's doing is it's tearing God's people apart, because if you are following something like Todd, someone like Todd, let me tell you that this sexual perversion sin he has is going to bleed all over into his teaching. And just because he can do a miracle here and there, now we give him credit and think that, oh, no, God, it must be with him. In, in the book of Romans, God tells us that the callings and gifts of God are irrevocable. That means that just because you have a spiritual gift that has been given to you because God has done something through you, now you do is make it have a sin. That doesn't mean that, oh, no, no, suddenly God is going to never do a miracle through that person again. Or that that because the gifts are irrevocable, if you have a gift of healing, that gift of healing will not immediately just be taken away just because you sin today, because if that was the case, none of us would ever be able to work under any power of the Holy Spirit, any gift, because we all have a measure of sin. And so that's why we see what God saying. Many will come to him in that day saying, have we not cast out demons? Have we not raised the dead? Have we not healed the sick? Have we not done all these mighty works in your name? Yet he will declare to them, depart. I never knew you, you worker of lawlessness. And so that's really where this all comes back to down to as we have allowed people to operate in the supernatural while at the same time operating in lawlessness. Because these people do not know what lawless, what lawfulness is, and they don't know even know what the definition of sin is anymore. And so now anything can fly. So many times we chase after experiences. We chase after what's exciting to us. We chase after entertainment rather than entering God's presence. And that is a problem in our churches, in our congregations, in our generation especially. We see the, the, the lights, the fog. We see things that are, are cool and exciting and make going to church fun. We look for that experience. We're not reaching out and entering into God's holy presence. We don't have the fear of God. We don't have the fear of His Word and wanting to walk according to His Word, according to His holiness. And what does Peter say, quoting from Leviticus chapter 20? Be holy as I am holy. That is our calling as the people of God to be holy as he is holy. How we know how to be holy as he is holy unless we study his word and walk it out following the example of Yeshua who said, especially in relation to what we were just talking about, if you even look at a woman with lust in your eyes or in your heart, you've committed adultery with her already. If you look at someone with hatred, if you have hatred in your heart, you have already committed murder. That is what it is all about. It's about the heart of the matter because everything begins in your heart. 
Exactly. Like Christina said, it is about not having this fear of God where we casually go about doing ministry and God's work where we, you know, it becomes a chase of the supernatural miracles and brothers and sisters. Look, I'm all for the supernatural. I'm all for miracles. I'm all for walking in power of the Holy Spirit. It's it's something that must be evident in the life of every believer. We must. That is why he was given to us. So we may administer freedom through the power that lives in us. All right. We we love that. We teach that. But the problem is, is when we start running after those things and at the cost of holiness, at the cost of pursuing the character of Yeshua, of Jesus himself in our lives, getting us to look more like him. If you try to look like him, but you don't try to look like this or that part of him, you are picking and choosing and creating a mold of God. That is your own God. That is not who he truly is. And that's what we love to do. We love to make God in our image instead of actually understanding that God has been always trying to make us into his for us to look more like him. That's been always been the point. That's why one of the reasons that he came in the flesh is so we can see what he looks like, how he walks, how he acts, what his character is so we can walk like him. And so people don't have missed it. We have become our churches have become um, user friendly or seeker friendly where we compromise the gospel. We make it easy on the ears of people. That means we're afraid of offending so we don't lose the tithes because that's what's going to mean that matter. We're going to not be able to pay off our big building anymore because it's become about this whole organizational thing of pleasing people into the building and into this gospel so we can keep the business running so we can make the books clear. So we can keep out of the red because it's been more about trusting in our ability of oozing people into this thing than actually God providing. It's it's become this thing of how we now start compromising on truths that are biblical hard that are even seen as controversial in our modern culture, such as holiness. We never talk about that. We never talk about what sin actually even is. People in the church have totally missed the point of what sin is. They don't even know what they can't even tell you the definition of sin anymore. In Ephesians 4 verse 14, we read so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. And so that is what is happening. We don't know what the truth is. We don't know what God has actually written in his word anymore because we never read it for ourselves. We only chase around these all these experiences and things that make us feel good, even though it's glittered with the name of Jesus, even though it's got this appearance of this or experience of that, we go into it and But we don't know what truth is. So when these things come to us, we are unable to discern whether what is right and what is wrong anymore. Because in the Psalms, Psalm 119, God gives us the definition of his word and his word about what truth is. See, brother and sister, the reality is, is that truth is not what I or you decide it to be. It is what God has already defined it in his word. His Bible, his word is like a dictionary. And he defined it as the following. He says in Psalm 119, verse 142, Your righteousness is righteous forever and your law is truth. Now, let's just break that down for a second. He says, your what is righteous? Your righteousness is righteous forever. What is right 
is right forever. What is right that it therefore does not change over time. It does not take on a different form. It remains the same thing. Adultery was adultery 2000 years ago. It, a murder was murdered 2000 years ago. And it is the same thing today. It is wrong. It is unrighteous. And so he, but he then follows that. He says, righteous is righteous forever, but your law, your Torah, that's the word used there is truth. You see, brothers and sisters, the reality is, is that the Torah is what was what was in the hands of the disciples of Yeshua. It was what was studied and walked out. The New Testament, as we have it today, is the letters that were written to us about the Torah, about that. It is the filling up of it, as Yeshua said, as it is written in Matthew 5 verse 17. It is the 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 filling up. So in other words, they had the Torah, they had the law. That was what was giving them the definition of righteousness, of walking what is in the right way and not walking in what is wrong. You see, if you don't know what the law says, how will you know what sin is? Because in John um, 1 John 3 verse 4, he says, sin is lawlessness. He says that is what the definition of sin is. It is when you break the law of God. And so because there's no true perception of what truth is, People don't know what to repent from. They don't know what is wrong. So how would you ever know then what to repent from? And this is really then on all of this, all these just culminate into this church experience that is where there's never a talk about repentance. There's never a talk about what holiness is. And now we start compromising left and right, like with Todd, and we allow him into this leadership position after cheating on his wife and committing adultery. And then we start seeing if that if that is what the leaders are doing, I don't even want to know what is the people that following them going to be doing. As Petey just shared a little bit ago, so often in our culture today, we've been trained to to look for the experience, to look for the gift, to look for the new exciting thing. And our focus becomes on that instead of the gift giver. He who gives the gift in the first place. And so that because we are looking for that, that cool new thing, someone got healed. Wow. We become, become focused on the person who did the healing. And it's all about that person now, instead of God who healed the Holy Spirit. It's all about the glorification of a human being or that experience or that, that the cool, the lights, the fog, the action, what's going on at this church, the coolest church on the block. It becomes about us. It becomes about the experience. And because of that, that's why our culture and our generation today is falling away because we can get experiences anywhere. The new age offers experiences. If this church doesn't offer what you think it should have offered, it's not exciting enough because we've been trained to look for that. We'll just go to the, the place down the road. And that's why so many young people are falling away from the church because it isn't preaching holiness. It isn't preaching the fear of the Lord. It isn't convicting people and challenging people to grow in their faith and to become the warriors that we are called to be. When you sign up to become a believer, you're not just signing up to be a couch potato at home. You're signing up to go on the front lines of battle because we are in battle right now. The supernatural is real. The spiritual realm is real. And we're in the midst of a massive battle and it's tearing apart the body of Messiah. So which side are you on right now? Exactly. And, you know, we should really just think about the spiritual realm that we're mentioning right now. You know, Satan is okay if you're an extremist in terms of the supernatural, if you're if you're walking all these things out and you're but you don't have holiness, but you don't have repentance, but your life does not look the like like the holiness that Christ lived and walked in. You know, he's also he's okay with also us being an extremist 
even in the truth, in the biblical things, in walking like him in holiness and all that, but then totally departing from the supernatural and the denying the power of the Holy Spirit by our actual actions of denying the walk of it and not trying to pursue it or or inherit the spiritual giftings that he's given us. Like on Mount Sinai, where Israel was, no, we don't want that. Moses, you go up there. No, but now God has changed everything. He said, no, you can come. You can have this spirit that I'm giving you. Yeshua said, Jesus said, it's good that I go because I'm sending a Holy Spirit. That's massive. And so we have this balance we need to walk in. And this is unfortunately the reality is people who are often in the charismatic movement. They're in the the supernatural things and they love those things. And yeah, glory to God. But because they don't have the truth because they don't have understanding of what the law says, what the definition of right and wrong even is. Now they don't have any discernment of the supernatural of what is rightly and wrongly supernatural. And now they start just going and they're tossed and borne by the wind, like we said, of winds of doctrine, and they just fall into this pit and fall into that pit in terms of doctrine. And they don't have holiness in their life. They're living a life of sin. But because they're doing a miracle on the side, they think that they're all right with God. But that's not how it works, brothers and sisters. You know, the, the example of like Samson. We all know the story of Samson. God gave him the gift, you know, from the womb that he would be a mighty judge of Israel and God would give him strength. And we see in the story of Samson that he had this, you know, amazing strength. He was able to, to slay Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. We all know that story. But what happened to Samson? What happened to this gift that God gave him? What do we see Samson spending a lot of his time doing? We see him hanging out with Delilah and sleeping with her. He wasn't really walking in the calling that God had given him, but yet he still had the gift. Because like PD read earlier from the book of Romans, the gifts are non-revocable. God gave them to be used. And once it's given, it's given. But we don't see Samson walking it out as he should have. Kind of like we know some leaders today, they're given a gift and we see this gift. And now all of a sudden we think because this person has this gift, they must be walking in the holiness of God. They must be speaking God's word because they have this gift. But we look at Samson and he was not. He's the example of someone who had a gift. Like a gift of healing we can see in a teacher. But they're not walking in holiness. Like Samson was not walking in holiness. And it came back around. And he was punished because of his sin. Exactly. So just because someone does a miracle here and there, it doesn't immediately qualify them that they are biblically sound and theologically sound in everything that they teach. And so it is important for us to be able to 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 identify these things and to find this balance of walking in spirit and truth like our Messiah did. Because I also know a lot of you guys may be jumping on this video and being like, yes, this is true. Yes. You know, um, look at the charismatics and it's all the charismatic. No, but we are all guilty to some degree in this thing. If it's, if it's not the charismatics who, you know, are not walking in holiness, it is us who are not walking in the supernatural, which is the greater sin. We are either throwing out the truth or throwing out the spirit, which is the greater sin. Israel had the truth. They didn't have the spirit, though, so they were unable to actually walk in the truth effectively in the way they should. You see, it is a double edged sword. You have to walk in the middle. You have to walk in spirit and truth. You have to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and the spiritual giftings, whatever that is for you. And you have to walk in the understanding of the scriptures, reading it, studying it for yourself, being biblically sound so you can walk and then in holiness to towards the way that the father described in his word. 
And if you are lacking in some way, that is wrong. It is very wrong. And this is just taught as just an example of the enemy swinging the pendulum all the way to the other side where there is no more holiness, no more repentance, none of that, just supernatural groove. And that is it. And then the enemy left to swing the pendulum all the way to the other side where people are in places. We have many leaders today who believe this thing called cessationalism, where you have you believe that the gifts have totally ceased. The Holy Spirit never does anything anymore. He doesn't heal. He doesn't work prophetically. He doesn't do anything anymore. And isn't that just as bad just on the other spectrum of things? You see, brothers and sisters, that is where God is calling us to. He is calling us to this walk of spirit and truth like our Messiah. Because if you look at his life and you don't look like him, we have failed in some way. So where do we go from here? Do we restore someone to leadership who has chosen to break covenant and to walk in habitual sin without exhibiting any repentance and showing repentance? I would say no. Of course we can forgive. Of course that person can be restored and can choose to repent and to walk in holiness. But as a leader, should they ever stand on stage and behind a pulpit again? There's no way. No. It just cannot happen. The reality is, is, you know, if 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 you're over a flock, you're supposed to be an example. Teachers are held to a higher standard. When we look at Moses, what happened? He just struck the rock instead of speaking to it. And his leadership role was taken from him and he was replaced by Joshua. He couldn't even enter the promised land. He fought so hard for her. How much more are we to remove a leader on a permanent basis like Moses was if they commit a sinful act like adultery? There is no question about it. And the leaders who oversaw this, like Bill Johnson, and Rick Joyner, who reinstituted him back into ministry after the things that happened, that is disgraceful. I am sorry. It is disgraceful to allow something. It's unbiblical. And to say, no, Petey, you don't have forgiveness and grace. This is not about forgiveness or unforgiveness. This is about putting someone into leadership. We can forgive and we ought to forgive. But the question is, is are we allowing them back into a leadership role? Sure, Todd must enter. I would hope for him. To continue going to a congregation and fix his life. Let the father fix his life. But we cannot put him back on the pulpit because he has over and over and once is enough to, to warrant him being taken down off the pulpit. And brothers and sisters, listen, this, this, is, this is not about us. PD, don't judge. Christina, don't judge. This is not about that. This is about calling out sin, which is supposed to be happening. We are not calling out his salvation. That we can't do. But we are calling out open public. This uh, this not even this is the sins of 2008 has been happened. It is out there. It is not a question of whether it is happening. It's not some report. It is something that has happened. And now we have reports of more things that are happening. To be a leader, to, to lead a congregation, to be a shepherd of a flock. We have a very clear direction in the word of God. And that leader is to be a husband and one wife. He has to be faithful to that wife. Because what we have in the scripture, Yeshua, our Messiah, gives the example of marriage as that example between his relationship with us as his bride. And what do we see when we have a leader breaking off that relationship, breaking off that covenant with his wife and choosing someone else? That picture of Christ, of our Messiah, and us as his bride is broken. 
And when you have a leader who chooses not to repent and turn away from that, but continue to walk in that sin in many different forms, he is not walking in repentance. He was not, he did not have restoration in his life back to holiness. What is the word in uh, Hebrew for repentance? It is teshuva. Teshuva means you don't repent with lip service. I repented, I'm sorry, okay, we're, we're done with that, let's go back to things as they were. No, repentance, teshuva means you run away, you turn away from that sin. You run away from it as hard as you can. Just like the example of Joseph, who, what did he do when he saw Potiphar's wife trying to deceive him into lust? Is he ran away, he turned the other way and ran with all his being. He didn't just stand there and tell Potiphar's wife, that, no, please don't do that, this is not nice. You really shouldn't do that. No. And he didn't go and say, oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't be looking while he's looking. It's not like that. You turn around and you run away. That's what true repentance means. And so brothers and sisters, we all have to look at ourselves. We, this is a call to repentance. This is a call to look at, are we actually looking like a Messiah? Do we have sin in the closet? Because that's what Todd was trying to do. He was trying to have sin in the closet, keep it all in secret. All those things. Are we doing that? And are we we are we listening to leaders, to spiritual teachers who are who are in who have integrity, who who don't live this sinful lifestyle? And are we not only gleaning and reading books? This is the other thing: is people just read all these books of the teachers, but they never open their Bibles and actually have. They've never read their whole Bible once through in their life. How can you then even have any discernment on what? is right and wrong if you don't know what the Bible says itself. Mm. Brothers and sisters, we need to prioritize that so we can get in the word and get back in balance. And then also ask ourselves, are we walking in the supernatural? Because it's no use just going yes here, yes, yes, yes. But then we ourselves do not even walk in what Todd did walk in to a degree is he did walk in some, at least at some point in the supernatural and he did see healings. He did see some of these things. Are we walking in those things too? Are we trying our best to identify our spiritual giftings to walk in the spirit? We need balance. We need to walk like Yeshua, not like this or that guy or this or that pastor or teacher or evangelist. No, it's not about that. It's about do you walk like Yeshua? And if though, if people help you on the way to be more than more into his image, glory to God. But the question is, do you walk like he does? As the body of Messiah, let us not be content with a fast food gospel of taking in what feels good to our flesh, but doesn't feed our spirit. Let us not run after the, the, the shallow end of the pool instead of going to the deep end. Where do we find, who do we find in the shallow end of the pool? We find the babies, the children. But if you've been following the Lord, you should be running after Him with everything that you have, your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And you should be going deeper and deeper with Him every single day with that intimate relationship with Him. So many times we see in our congregations and that what we're taught is that we're taught this version of the cheap grace that whatever you do, it's okay. Come as you are and stay as you are. Yes, come as you are, but do not stay as you are because you are to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, as it says in scripture, to be transformed to look like our Messiah, to look like Yeshua. And that means to walk in holiness as he walked. And we cannot do it ourselves. We can only do it by the work of the Holy Spirit that he gives to us when we accept Yeshua as our Messiah to transform and to change our lives, to take us out of darkness into his light. 
but we have to allow him to do that. We can't keep, like Petey said, those sins in the closet that we're holding on to. We have to give everything to him, to give him with open hands and to lay it all on the altar, to be a living sacrifice in that way. And that's when he can do amazing and mighty things in our lives. And we can see those things take place. So we need to run away from any teaching, any sermon or any message or any teacher that would say that holiness is unnecessary and that looking like Yeshua and walking like Yeshua is optional. We should run away from anything that says entertainment is more important than entering into the holiness of his presence and walking in the works and the gifts of the Holy Spirit while walking in his holiness at the same time like Petey shared. It is that fine balance but to walk this balance, we need to look at he who walked it before us and follow his, exam his example because he showed us how to do it. And his name is Yeshua. His name is Jesus. Amen. So, brothers and sisters, we hope that this teaching has blessed you um, to just look into yourself. We're not here to just throw stones. This is ultimately for you to look at yourself, to look more like Yeshua. May God bless you and keep you, shine his face upon you, lift up his counts upon you, give you shalom and blessing. And we'd like to thank our partners for making this video and every other video this month possible. Shalom. Blessings and shalom.